chapter four part two of the step by anton chekhov translated by constance garnett eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter four part two two wagons ahead of them there walked a man wearing a long reddish-brown coat a cap and high boots with sagging bootlegs and carrying a whip in his hand this was not an old man only about forty when he looked round yegorushka saw a long red face with a scanty goat-beard and a spongy-looking swelling under his right eye apart from this very ugly swelling there was another peculiar thing about him which caught the eye at once in his left hand he carried a whip while he waved the right as though he were conducting an unseen choir from time to time he put the whip under his arm and then he conducted with both hands and hummed something to himself the next driver was a long rectilinear figure with extremely sloping shoulders and a back as flat as a board he held himself as stiffly erect as though he were marching or had swallowed a yard measure his hands did not swing as he walked but hung down as if they were straight sticks and he strode along in a wooden way after the manner of toy soldiers almost without bending his knees and trying to take as long steps as possible while the old man or the owner of the spongy swelling were taking two steps he succeeded in taking only one and so it seemed as though he were walking more slowly than any of them and would drop behind his face was tied up in a rag and on his head something stuck up that looked like a monk's peaked cap he was dressed in a short little russian coat with full dark blue trousers and bark shoes yegorushka did not even distinguish those that were farther on he lay on his stomach picked a little hole in the bale and having nothing better to do began twisting the wool into a thread the old man trudging along below him turned out not to be so stern as one might have supposed from his face having begun a conversation he did not let it drop where are you going he asked stamping with his feet to school answered yegorushka to school aha well may the queen of heaven help you yes one brain is good but two are better to one man god gives one brain to another two brains and to another three to another three that is true one brain you are born with one you get from learning and a third with a good life so you see my lad it is a good thing if a man has three brains living is easier for him and what's more dying is too dying is too and we shall all die for sure the old man scratched his forehead glanced upwards at yegorushka with his red eyes and went on maxim nikolaitch the gentleman from slavyanoserbsk brought a little lad to school too last year i don't know how he is getting on there and studying the sciences but he was a nice good little lad god give them help they are nice gentlemen yes he too brought his boy to school in slavyanoserbsk there is no establishment i suppose for study no but it is a nice town there's an ordinary school for simple folks but for the higher studies there is nothing no that's true what's your name yegorushka yegory then the holy martyr yegory the bearer of victory whose day is the twenty-third of april and my christian name is pantelay pantelay zaharov holodov we are holodovs i am a native of blank maybe you've heard of it blank tim and the province of kursk my brothers are artisans and work at trades in the town but i am a peasant i have remained a peasant 
seven years ago i went there home i mean i went to the village and to the town to tim i mean then thank god they were all alive and well but now i don't know maybe some of them are dead and it's time they did die for some of them are older than i am death is all right it is good so long of course as one does not die without repentance there is no worse evil than an impenitent death an impenitent death is a joy to the devil and if you want to die penitent so that you may not be forbidden to enter the mansions of the lord pray to the holy martyr varvara she is the intercessor she is that's the truth for god has given her such a place in the heavens that every one has the right to pray to her for penitence pantalay went on muttering and apparently did not trouble whether yegorushka heard him or not he talked listlessly mumbling to himself without raising or dropping his voice but succeeded in telling him a great deal in a short time all he said was made up of fragments that had very little connection with one another and quite uninteresting for yegorushka possibly he talked only in order to reckon over his thoughts aloud after the night spent in silence in order to see if they were all there after talking of repentance he spoke about a certain maxim nikolaitch from slavyanoserbsk yes he took his little lad he took him that's true one of the wagoners walking in front darted from his place ran to one side and began lashing on the ground with his whip he was a stalwart broad-shouldered man of thirty with early flaxen hair and a look of great health and vigour judging from the movements of his shoulders and the whip and the eagerness expressed in his attitude he was beating something alive another wagoner a short stubby little man with a bushy black beard wearing a waistcoat and a shirt outside his trousers ran up to him the latter broke into a deep guffaw of laughter and coughing and said i say lads dimov has killed a snake there are people whose intelligence can be gauged at once by their voice and laughter the man with the black beard belonged to that class of fortunate individuals impenetrable stupidity could be felt in his voice and laugh the flaxen-headed dimov had finished and lifting from the ground with his whip something like a cord flung it with a laugh into the cart that's not a viper it's a grass snake shouted someone the man with the wooden gate and the bandage round his face strode up quickly to the dead snake glanced at it and flung up his stick-like arms you jailbird he cried in a hollow wailing voice what have you killed a grass snake for what had he done to you you damned brute look he has killed a grass snake how would you like to be treated so grass snakes ought not to be killed that's true pantalay muttered placidly they ought not they are not vipers though it looks like a snake it is a gentle innocent creature it's friendly to man the grass snake is dimov and the man with the black beard were probably ashamed for they laughed loudly and not answering slouched lazily back to their wagons when the hindmost wagon was level with the spot where the dead snake lay the man with his face tied up standing over it turned to pantalay and asked in a tearful voice grandfather what did he want to kill the grass snake for his eyes as yegorushka saw now were small and dingy looking his face was grey sickly and looked somehow dingy too while his chin was red and seemed very much swollen grandfather what did he kill it for he repeated striding along beside pantalay a stupid fellow his hands itch to kill and that is why he does it answered the old man but he oughtn't to kill a grass snake that's true 
dimov is a ruffian we all know he kills everything he comes across and kiruha did not interfere he ought to have taken its part but instead of that he goes off into ha 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 and ho 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 but don't be angry vasya why be angry they've killed it well never mind them dimov is a ruffian and kiruha acted from foolishness never mind they are foolish people without understanding but there don't mind them emelian here never touches what he shouldn't he never does that is true because he is a man of education while they are stupid emelian he doesn't touch things the wagoner in the reddish-brown coat and the spongy swelling on his face who was conducting an unseen choir stopped hearing his name and waiting till Pantale and vasya came up to him he walked beside them what are you talking about he asked in a husky muffled voice why vasya here is angry said Pantale. so i have been saying things to him to stop his being angry oh how my swollen feet hurt oh oh they are more inflamed than ever for sunday god's holy day it's from walking observed vasya no lad no it's not from walking when i walk it seems easier when i lie down and get warm it's deadly walking is easier for me emelian in his reddish-brown coat walked between pantale and vasya and waved his arms as though they were going to sing after waving them a little while he dropped them and croaked out hopelessly i have no voice it's a real misfortune all last night and this morning i have been haunted by the trio lord have mercy that we sang at the wedding at marianovsky's it's in my head and in my throat it seems as though i could sing it but i can't i have no voice he paused for a minute thinking then went on for fifteen years i was in the choir in all the lugansky works there was maybe no one with a voice like mine but confound it i bathed two years ago in the donuts and i can't get a single true note ever since i took cold in my throat and without a voice i am like a workman without hands that's true Pantelet agreed i think of myself as a ruined man and nothing more at that moment vasya chanced to catch sight of yegorushka his eyes grew moist and smaller than ever there's a little gentleman driving with us and he covered his nose with his sleeve as though he were bashful what a grand driver stay with us and you shall drive the wagons and sell wool the incongruity of one person being at once a little gentleman and a wagon driver seemed to strike him as very queer and funny for he burst into a loud guffaw and went on enlarging upon the idea Melian glanced upwards at yegorushka too but coldly and cursorily he was absorbed in his own thoughts and had it not been for vasya would not have noticed yegorushka's presence before five minutes had passed he was waving his arms again then describing to his companions the beauties of the wedding anthem lord have mercy which he had remembered in the night he put the whip under his arm and waved both hands a mile from the village the wagon stopped by a well with a crane letting his pail down into the well black-bearded kiruha lay on his stomach on the framework and thrust his shaggy head his shoulders and part of his chest into the black hole so that yegorushka could see nothing but his short legs which scarcely touched the ground seeing the reflection of his head far down at the bottom of the well he was delighted and went off into his deep bass stupid laugh and the echo from the well answered him when he got up his neck and face were as red as beetroot the first to run up and drink was dimov he drank laughing often turning from the pail to tell kiruha something funny then he turned round and uttered aloud to be heard all over the steppe five very bad words 
yegorushka did not understand the meaning of such words but he knew very well that they were bad words he knew the reputation his friends and relations silently felt for such words he himself without knowing why shared that feeling and was accustomed to think that only drunk and disorderly people enjoy the privilege of uttering such words aloud he remembered the murder of the grass snake listened to dimov's laughter and felt something like hatred for the man and as ill luck would have it dimov at that moment caught sight of yegorushka who had climbed down from the wagon and gone up to the well he laughed aloud and shouted i say lads the old man has been brought to bed of a boy in the night kiruha laughed his bass laugh till he coughed someone else laughed too while yegorushka crimsoned and made up his mind finally that dimov was a very wicked man with his curly flaxen head with his shirt opened on his chest and no hat on dimov looked handsome and exceptionally strong in every movement he made one could see the reckless daredevil and athlete knowing his value he shrugged his shoulders put his arms akimbo talked and laughed louder than any of the rest and looked as though he were going to lift up something very heavy with one hand and astonish the whole world by doing so his mischievous mocking eyes glided over the road the wagons and the sky without resting on anything and seemed looking for someone to kill just as a pastime and something to laugh at evidently he was afraid of no one would stick at nothing and most likely was not in the least interested in yegorushka's opinion of him yegorushka meanwhile hated his flaxen head his clear face and his strength with his whole heart listened with fear and loathing to his laughter and kept thinking what word of abuse he could pay him out with Pantelay too went up to the pail he took out of his pocket a little green glass of an ikon lamp wiped it with a rag filled it from the pail and drank from it then filled it again wrapped the little glass in the rag and then put it back into his pocket grandfather why do you drink out of a lamp yegorushka asked him surprised one man drinks out of a pail and another out of a lamp the old man answered evasively every man to his own taste you drink out of the pail well drink and may it do you good you darling you beauty vasya said suddenly in a caressing plaintive voice you darling his eyes were fixed on the distance they were moist and smiling and his face wore the same expression as when he had looked at yegorushka who is it you're talking to asked kiruha a darling fox lying on her back playing like a dog everyone began staring into the distance looking for the fox but no one could see it only vasya with his grey muddy-looking eyes and he was enchanted by it his sight was extraordinarily keen as yegorushka learnt afterwards he was so long-sighted that the brown steppe was for him always full of life and interest he had only to look into the distance to see a fox a hare a bustard or some other animal keeping at a distance from men there was nothing strange in seeing a hare running away or a flying bustard everyone crossing the steps could see them but it was not vouchsafed to everyone to see wild animals in their own haunts when they were not running nor hiding nor looking about them in alarm yet vasya saw foxes playing hares washing themselves with their paws bustards preening their wings and hammering out their hollow nests thanks to this keenness of sight vasya had besides the world seen by everyone another world of his own accessible to no one else and probably a very beautiful one 
for when he saw something and was in raptures over it it was impossible not to envy him when the wagons set off again the church bells were ringing for service end of chapter four recording by expatriate in bangor maine